0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery, because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Jekyll. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4 They have made the impossible possible Hello and welcome back to the City Report podcast, I am Amos Murphy
1: I'm Adam Booker How are you doing Adam? I am good. Busy days, but, uh, that's yeah. always a good thing. How are you, Amos?
0: Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. In fact, um, we've got a little quiz to come at the end of the podcast, but I'm going to start off with a bit of trivia. Your um, your lack of knowledge surrounding the, the phrase house tricks in the last episode gained a little bit of notoriety, uh, Notoriety, let's say. Um, so I've got a few more quintessential, quintessentially British sayings, and I want you to tell me what they mean, if that's OK. So we'll, we'll start off with a nice and easy one. Um, first one's first, fancy a cuppa. What do you think that might mean?
1: Do you want a cup of tea?
0: Yes, well done. Um, so that's one out of one. Second one, I'm bloody chuffed to bits. Happy uh, about
1: something. I'm happy about something. Happy. I'm happy. Can, happy. I'm can, can happy. I am.
0: Bloody, what would you, I'm bloody well, chuffed.
1: Very, I guess. Yeah, very yeah there it
0: yeah. is, there it is. Um, I'll give you that just about. Um, he's the bee's knees.
1: The bee's knees is a British saying.
0: I presume so. It was on the list. I'm, I'm guessing you know that's, that
1: one. That is also, yeah, that's also a saying here.
0: Right. Okay. That, that's fair. Well, do you want to tell us what what you mean, what it means? Well, the way I would translate
1: it is say like, well, the way, that, best way I would translate it is to say a phrase that I would use for it instead. I would say like, that's the shit.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that's good. It's the best sort of thing. Um yeah. Last two then, three out of three. Um, I'm absolutely cream crackered.
1: I'm going to assume that difficult. it means that you're tired, but I don't I've yes. no, I've actually never heard that one.
0: Yeah, it's, it's Cockney rhyming slang for knackered. So um I'm absolutely okay. knackered. I'm absolutely cream crackered. So that's not bad four out of four. And finally then for the clean sweep. Um I bagsy that. What do you think I bagsy that means?
1: No clue. This is this is the first time ah, I've ever yes. heard of that.
0: Yeah, so I might say If you're going on a drive, you're telling me that
1: Bagsy is not a a grime artist?
0: (laughs) He might be, I don't know, but not in this context. I might say if we're going on a drive with someone, I bagsy the front seat. So it's a little bit like dibs, I guess.
1: So, yeah, so we say shotgun
0: shotgun yeah that that works here as well that works yeah, here as well yeah, but okay. i think Bagsy's sort of maybe maybe northwest england as well i'm not quite sure how okay. uh, far down the country got but yeah yeah um so stumped on the last one i was getting a bit worried then that you might get five out of five but no there's still some work to do um before we crack on with the football then admin as always follows on instagram that's picking up a little bit if you are on instagram at city report pod that's the same for tiktok as well for all those youths out there and of course twitter as well um the football then. Manchester City 5, FC Copenhagen 0. Two goals as per usual from Erling Braut Haaland. A Sergio Gomez strike that, that probably shouldn't have gone down as a Sergio Gomez goal. In fact, it didn't. But just for looking at his face and the smile on his face when it went in and the celebration, it seems harsh to let it, to take it away from him. But it, it was a own goal. Um, a Riyad Mahrez penalty and a Julian Alvarez. Nice little tap in as well your bog standard there's another British phrase actually your bog standard Champions League group stage win I suppose but not a not a bad night at the office really was it
1: no it wasn't and I think the best thing about the night right is we got to see some players that we we wanted to see a bit more out of like Gomez um you know we got another fantastic Grealish performance Riyad Mahrez gets on the pitch and um played all right um we can dive more into that later. But um, you know, Hotland gets a couple more goals. Alvarez plays from the start. So it uh it checked a lot of boxes alongside also picking up another three points and um, you know, nine points from nine so far is is a great way to start, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I suppose when you look at how it was going with what, about twenty minutes ago against Dortmund in the in the last Champions League game, and now you see City at the top of the group with nine points. Essentially one win. From the last three games away from qualification, probably four points. I think it is away from finishing the the group as winners. So um, yeah, it, it's been it's been a decent start to Champions League. Obviously, Erling Haaland. We, we've every single podcast football related, probably non football related at this point, has done the chat about Erling Haaland. We all know how good he is. That's nineteen goals for the campaign now. As we sit here today, recording, it's the sixth of October. Um, I think it's eleven matches he's played, which is you know almost two goals a game as a ratio. Actually, look up the list of golden boot winners in the history of the champions league and he would actually with five goals after three matches have enough goals to have won the 1996 1997 golden boot which is um pretty astonishing really after three matches
1: it's it is astonishing and you know it's another one of those games where he just happens to be in the right place Mm. at the right time and and gets two goals from it obviously the finish on the first one was was fantastic but it was deflected into his path. but that's a skill, you know, that's a skill that mm. we have been kind of pining for uh, a player to have at this club for the last couple of years because we would create all these chances and, and you know, balls would, would land on the the penalty spot and, and no one would be there to tap them home. And that's exactly what he's doing. It's exactly what, you know, Sergio Aguero is great at as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, every... What forty eight hours we have this same conversation about (laughs) doesn't doesn't seem like he's going to slow down and um you know I was talking last night with Laura about his goal record and and she was saying well was it the same at Dortmund or is he just playing with you know incredible players now and it's like it's kind of the same everywhere he goes Mm, which makes you think this isn't you know a flash in the pan and he might just score a little less than two goals a game for the next decade
0: yeah yeah I mean. I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be that guy. It's gonna slow down because purely it has to or or the earth just collapses inwards. There's no chance Alien Harlan can continue doing this and 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 civilization goes on as normal because we will all, if not already, lose our heads. But at one point you do feel as though it's gonna steady off. It might steady off to one goal a game, which is entirely plausible. And he finishes the season with fifty plus. But I mean, it, it, it's it, it, it's just inevitable, isn't it? I think that's actually the word City's uh, Twitter account used when the first goal went in. Inevitable. It was that. I think um, there's a few tweets before the game going one nil. Haaland, just preempting it. That it's that the sort of thing we're at. And can we actually chat about the the sort of the quote unquote tapping merchant? tagline that's being developed because i mean it is literally the only tag uh, so the only stick left to beat him with but it's interesting isn't it that the exact same people who were saying city desperately need a striker are now the same lot lambasting Haaland for for taking all those chances that City create and that were being wasted last season. It's it's a it's gone full circle, really, isn't it? And like I say, it's absolute nonsense. I wish I could be a tapping merchant in the Premier League because I don't think even in those position these goals last uh, against Copenhagen, I'd have put over the bar from Haaland chances that he scored with absolute ease. So um, I don't know why it's an insult, but but yeah, it's what City need.
1: Nobody actually believes that. Nobody that possesses the skill critical thinking believes that. Um, It's just, you know, online banter or whatever you want to call it. Um, If everybody could do this and just tap goals home in this city team, then somebody would have been doing it long before Holland, But they weren't. It's only Holland that has done it at this rate. Gabriel Jesus, you know, a Brazilian number nine, couldn't do it. Raheem Sterling couldn't do it consistently enough. You know, Sergio Aguero did it um but if if it truly was you just got to play up front in this city team and you'll score 40 goals a season it would happen every single year um you know the other thing the other way to look at this is you can criticize Holland for you know all of his goals coming from you know five or six yards out and and right on the penalty spot with an open net but the insane attacking ability that this side has to have to consistently create chances that are tapped in with ease is is unbelievable and that's kind Mm -hmm. of the you know the trademark pep goal is the you know go to the byline and and cut it back for a tap in and um we've now just got the perfect specimen to be able to tap those home and and yeah if if everybody could do it everybody would do it but they don't
0: yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it because you obviously remember pep guardiola's Barcelona for the, the the I hate this term, but the tiki-taka football, you know, midfield free, four, three, 4-3-3, etc. By Munich, it was a little bit more robust in the sense that, you know, back three at times, that heavy midfield, uh, Philip Lahm, Joshua Kimmich at times, you know, really sort of, Tony Cruz at one point as well, really sort of dynamic midfield. At City, it seems to be the trademark is that sort of pass, 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 pass cut back from the byline, tap in. That, 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 and these coaches all around the world that, that are sort of looking at that and going, Thank God for that, because it has become such a trademark, hasn't it? Um and, and I said the, the tagline tapping merchant you know, possibly is a little bit online, but I've seen quote unquote reputable people saying, Oh, he's only just a poacher. He's just a poacher, as if that's some sort of insult to throw at the man with nineteen goals after about twenty seven minutes of the season. Um right. Of course he wasn't player of the match because he got taken off at half time. No injuries there, as Guardiola confirmed post match. But as for the UEFA player of the match, at least, it was Jack Grealish, which didn't surprise me, but shocked me in a way. And I'll I'll tell you why, because it's interesting, isn't it? Because he's not, for me anyway, and I don't know if you agree, but he's not doing that much different than he was doing a couple of weeks ago in terms of performances on the pitch. But since Pep Guardiola made the comments about Grealish being a player who doesn't need to be judged on goals and assists, it seems that entire narrative has shifted, hasn't it? And he's getting plaudits from all around the all, all, all over, and you know pundits who were slating him are now praising him for his ability to link up City's play and, and do this, etc. Blah, blah blah. And apparently, I've seen some people say he's the perfect Guardiola forward. Like, where's that come from? Two weeks ago, he was he was. The, I can tell you where that fly. came
1: from. <laughs> Go on the city report fucking podcast it's Uh, unbelievable to me that pep guardiola's words will hold more weight in the general public than Uh, ours that is incredible to me
0: well yeah there's a there's a surprise isn't it um we have been we have been beating that drum for so long and maybe pep guardiola is a listener and maybe he's just gone you know what actually those two lads are right um but it was it was superb He, he was he was really good and if i hate saying this but if ever a performance deserved a goal because i hate when commentators go oh he's got his goal he's got his, he deserved that goal because you know if you score a goal you deserve it anyway um but if ever a performance deserved something more from it it was jack grealish versus copenhagen
1: it was and and you could see on his face every time one, you know, kind of skimmed yeah, the post yeah. or, you know, was blocked off the line, he was he was distraught that he hadn't scored and we and we were five yeah. 0 up. So clearly he he for himself desperately wanted to get on the score sheet. But you know, that fifth goal where he, he picked up the ball in City's half and, and ended up, you know, taking it all the way to the edge of the box and, and sliding in Mares, who had the assist. Ring the hockey assist bell there for me, please. Say, um, I
0: was gonna say I thought of that in the stadium. I did think of that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that, that theory is just always going to hold true. And and he's at the heart of everything. And and I thought the kind of trio of Sergio Gomez, Jack Grealish and Bernardo Silva down the left was, was Mm. really working well in the night. And, you know, this was something that I pointed out way back in the preseason friendlies in the U S was Jack Grealish was really unlocked by one weird thing. And that weird thing was Bernardo Silva overlapping him. Yeah. And and that happened a lot in preseason, and I thought, oh, I really like this because Bernardo Silva can go to the byline with his left foot. You know, you remember the assist um, in the Liverpool game in, in 2019 yeah. where Aguero scored <laughs> from that narrow angle, and, and that was a similar Bernardo assist. Um, and that gave, that gave Grealish a lot of freedom to cut inside. And when he has freedom to cut inside in space, he's not going to bang the ball into people's legs because he has mm. more space to do what he does best, which is, you know, wiggle away from, from, um, from defenders and get passes off or shots off. Um, but no, he, he was fantastic. And I saw somebody, you know, call it a remontada online. And I said, well, hang on a minute. You can't be a remontada if, if you've been doing this every week for about eight months now.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. Someone similar, similarly replied to my um, tweet saying it's almost as if he's doing exactly what Pep's asking him to do now. Well, it's like, like I said, it, nothing has changed. There's obviously been a shift. Maybe it's Guardiola, uh, the mouthpiece, influencing everyone's opinions, and, and, you know, I won't be surprised if it is. But hey, look, who's been saying it all along? That's all I'll say. Um, but one of those plays who I did think really helps, and it's no coincidence that City started with Cancelo on the right hand side, and, and obviously Sergio Gomez came in on the left. That, that natural, and, and it seems weird to say natural left back because he's absolutely anything but Sergio Gomez, and I'll get on that in a second. But that left footer on that side really did help him. We saw it in the Manchester derby a bit. He got uh, Gomez got assist for for one of Haaland's goals. Saw it again against Copenhagen, and he, for me, he, he's got the mold. I'm not saying he is right now because there's a lot of work to do, um, specifically defensively. But he has the mold of what could be. The perfect Pep Guardiola fullback. In the sense that obviously in the Barcelona Academy he came through as an attacking midfielder. He, he was moved a little bit about Dortmund, Andelettes, etc. Now he's come to City as a as a quote unquote left back, but the way he plays football is quite clearly a cut above your traditional fullback, isn't it? And he was he was so good on the ball. It, it was superb at times, just the way he links up with the midfield and 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 actually to the extent when Josh Wilson Esbrand came on um, late on in the second half. He actually finished the game as an attacking midfielder, which was a, a little bit of a novel sight, but but uh, it was nice to see nonetheless.
1: Yeah, and that's actually two games in a row now. I think he finished uh, in midfield of the yeah. Derby as well, alongside yeah. alongside Ilkay Kundawan. Um, yeah. No, you're right. He, he's, he, he seems to be the perfect Pep Guardiola fullback Um you know, given that he can make those overlapping runs, we saw him. You know, with the assist in the derby, we saw him overlapping Grealish uh, against Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he can he can come centrally, he can link up the play and kind of do Zinchenko type things, taking those little pot shots from the from the edge yeah, of the box yeah. um you know wait which... wait
0: that that one i don't know if you saw it because you had to bounce quite uh, sort of last 10 minutes but there was a shot in the last few minutes of the game it was anything but a pot shot he hit it full it, volley and the it was the last
1: and... kick of the game i i, I saw it yeah. in the highlights because i did miss the last 10 minutes of the game that um, was anything but, but a pot shot that was a venomous strike yeah yeah um he was another guy on the day that i thought deserved a goal i mean obviously you know he he kind of triggered the own goal. um but, yeah, his his efforts from outside the box look look pretty tasty. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I put out on Twitter before the game, before the lineups came out, that I was really looking forward to seeing him play because he kind of got thrown into the Derby, you know, right before halftime. And, yeah, it's not the best United we've seen, you know, in ages, but mm. it's still a Derby. It's a huge game, huge atmosphere. And I thought that the occasion got to him a little bit. I mean, he, he definitely had – you know, he had the assist, he had he had great moments. Um, but I felt like if he got a little bit of press from Anthony or, or Jaden mm. Sancho that he kind of um I won't say crumbled, but I think maybe he just had a lot of adrenaline in him and it was just yeah, kind of yeah. you know, he was a little a little live wire. Um so it was good to see him play a full ninety and kind of get, you know, more uh get the jello legs out. Um yeah. so yeah, I, I was super impressed and looks like we're gonna be seeing a bit more of him in the next couple of weeks with Kyle Walker being out for an extended period of time. So we're going to have to get used to it.
0: Yes, certainly. Certainly. I wonder if it with Sergio Gomez, it's going to be the, the opposite to uh, the Zinchenko theory in, in the fact that uh, Gomez comes in as a left back and, and, moves over to central attack midfield, whereas Zinchenko obviously arrived as a central attack midfielder and then moved over to left-back. Um, right, OK, moving it along then, another player who who stood out really, uh, started as well, having not really had a lot of minutes, was, was Julian Alvarez, of course. Always nice to see him play. He, he, he's the sort of footballer who makes you really enjoy watching football. Um, and I tell you what, the more I watch him play, the more I feel like he's turning into a Carlos Tevez regen. Obviously, he arrived with the, the, the tag of Aguero's understudy or, or the Aguero replacement, but the way he zips about the pitch, sort of like biting at players' ankles like a little pit bull, trying to win the ball back, um, was uncanny in a way. And, and yeah, he, he's a really enjoyable player to watch. I, I don't know what you thought of his performance, but again, sound the klaxon, deserved a goal and, and obviously it arrived late in the second half.
1: Yeah, I thought he was he was immense on the night. Um, the, the Tevez comparison is perfect. I mean, he's just—I uh, said this on another episode before—he's he's full sprint the whole game. Yeah, he never yeah. stops moving. Whether he's whether we have the ball, whether the opponent has the ball. You know, there was a, a moment in the first half in which Cancelo was beat on the break, and and he tracked all the way to right back and won the ball back. And yeah. it's just like. If you're Pep Guardiola, you're just it's a manager's dream. You know, he, he can score, he can press, he can link up to play, he'll track all the way back to right back and and, and mm. win balls back. He's he is a phenomenal player. And he's 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 one of the players that would have a fantastic career even if he didn't have the end product just because of his work rate and his energy. Yeah. Like it would still take him really far in the game, but you add on top of that the finishing ability the passing, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And, and you have a really special player, but, you know, I think of players like, um, you know, Angel Correa, somebody yeah. like that, who, who doesn't score a ton of goals, but they're always going to play in that center forward role or, or, you know, a second striker in, in huge teams, just because mm. their, their work rate is immense in attack and in defense and, and managers love them for that. Um, so yeah, he is, he's a, a very special player and, um i'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of him this wasn't really a 442 that we saw it was kind of more of like a 424 and and that even that yeah. was pretty fluid um but he seems like he can play really anywhere in attack and and still be useful so that's again another kind of you know notch in his belt that just makes him so useful
0: yeah, uh, for me, I, I was seeing it a little bit like a, a 4-2-2-1-1 in a way with Alvarez just behind Erling Haaland. It, it, and, and it was the same against Forrest, which I think was the last game they played together. It never feels as though they are a, a two-man strike partnership. It feels as though Haaland still does the work of a centre-forward and Julian Alvarez, as you say, was playing like a second striker, which he he, he really suits that role. I, I, I don't think he really played with another number 9 at, at um, River Plate but he's come obviously he's had to share the spotlight with Erling Haaland. I actually think he he may be older than Haaland which um which is a little bit bizarre when you look at that fresh faced Argentine uh, sort of coming across and, and yeah. Um moving on then sort of last couple of things to add Read Mares goal. Now can I be a little bit naughty? Can I say something a little bit uh I don't know if it's cancellable but um do you feel like this season, obviously it was Mahrez's first goal, I think, do you feel like Mares' goals this season are a little bit wasted? And I mean this like for, for most players, because I really want Erling Haaland to score every single City goal and end the season with 85 or whatever it may be. I don't know if it felt like we've always seen this from Mares. whether or not that penalty could have been taken by someone else. Or, or I don't know, it was a great penalty. Does he need it for the confidence? He's obviously a great player. And he, there were some uh, comments in, in midweek, weren't there, about... Perhaps maybe he's a little bit um, unsettled, and, and possibly you, need, you needed that performance. But I just feel like the goals this season, I do get a little bit. Hmm, yeah, Howland could have got five today if it wasn't for everyone else on the pitch.
1: I would be really interested to go back and look at some of the best. Single season striking performances around world football, mm. and and go and see how many goals the the supporting cast had amongst them. Yeah, just out yeah. of curiosity, and and compare that to where City are at at the end of this season. Um, you know we've been we've obviously been calling for this for for somebody to come in and and kind of take the goal scoring by the scruff of the neck. Um, with that being said. There are players that it shouldn't stop the goal scoring for. And one of Mm -hmm. those for me is Riyad Mahrez because I think the trademark Riyad Mahrez goal doesn't rely on a center forward at all. You know, he cuts in on the left or, you know, he gets that big scraping ball from Laporte kind of on the edge of the box and and, and can cut inside and score. He, yeah, I don't know if it's the fact that he hasn't played much and he's still kind of getting his legs in in the young season Mm -hmm. or – if he's lost some confidence, you know, combination of both, he's unsettled. Um, but you know, coming into the season, it was only this summer where he was raving about being at the club, saying he wanted to finish his career there. Mm. Um so it's unfortunate that he's I don't want to say regressed, but you know, it's been a regression from last season's statistics. Yeah. I think sure. he's just a player that would benefit from a long run in the team, and I think he's gonna get that because of the insane fixture list that is coming in October and and November. Mm. So I think he'll probably start to get his, his legs under him a bit more. I don't think this is permanent, Um, but he's certainly not going to be, he's not in the first 11, you know, that I think that's, that's apparent now. Whereas last year he was maybe one of the first two or three names on the team sheet. Um, does he not gel with Erling Holland well? I mean, what do what do you think? I've seen some shouts of that he he doesn't fit a front three that has Holland in it. I thought that it would be perfect because Holland yeah. could you know drift into the back post and, and Mares could put you know an inch perfect cross in there, and we haven't really seen it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it. Obviously, he plays as an inside forward, doesn't he? His game is cutting in, and with Jack Grealish, you've got two very. By no means identical players, but two very similar forwards in the sense that they operate similar positions on the pitch, obviously opposite flanks. So I I, I assumed similarly that um, Haaland and and Mares would have a good enough link-up. I suppose is it a a case of the balls that are being played are just too... close to goal if that makes sense so the crosses that are coming in towards that back post are are, are not quite as um, I don't know not quite as simple finishes and obviously we've seen Haaland score all sorts of complexities Um, you know that one against Dortmund being probably the best but I don't know if there's perhaps maybe a little bit of work that needs to be doing, does does Mares need to sort of drive into the box more and, and like we say do the cutbacks, I don't know but um, you mentioned there the list of goal scorers and whether or not it's shared about it Some, a stat quite similar from Touchline Fracas on Twitter that I saw this morning, Um, it's speaking about City's Premier League numbers after seven games and, and the goals that they've scored and, and actually when you look at them there isn't that much of a difference, in 2017-18 there was 22 goals scored after seven games 18-19, 21-19 2027 20, remarkably considering how badly that season ended up um 2021 was 11 21 22 was 14 and 22 23 is 23 so city have always scored goals as we know but it's the case of obviously as we as we know as well Haaland's taken the majority of them and I don't know whether or not that's um hindering Mares a little bit because he finished the season so strongly. Um, really, if any, a player didn't deserve to be on the losing team, it was Mares at the Bernabeu. You know, that goal, as we've seen in, in big Champions League games. And yeah, there's no there's no World Cup for him. He'll have a rest. Um, perhaps he comes back into team before that or after I don't know. But but it, this improvement, and I think that was probably the right step forward.
1: Am I right in thinking that he played as a second striker to Jamie Vardy a lot at Leicester? Um or was he only Post- no, no, on no. the on it, the right of it a four? He was on the flank four.
0: because he, they had uh i think it was Shinji Okazaki was the they played 442 right. with um with another striker so yeah he, he was he was uh, a winger in, in that system I,
1: I wonder if you know like in a game last night if he would have benefited from being more central and being in that that Julian Alvarez role from last night instead of being the farthest wide on the right mm. to come more central and he doesn't obviously get on the end of crosses but little bits of of intricate play in the box where he can yeah. turn and shoot i wonder if he would benefit from that instead of being the man to to carry the workload from the outside moving yeah. in um but i don't think we'll probably ever see that
0: a sort of late Meza ozil juan mata sort of role that's yeah of, yeah
1: yeah, yeah, who knows?
0: I don't know. Maybe if Pep's listening again, he can uh, he can try that out. Um, we'll leave it there for part one. We'll be back in a mo for part two. Do you know what mo means? You get that one. Back in a mo.
1: I can uh, I can assume.
0: You can assume. Yeah, we'll be back in a mo for part two with a Southampton preview. Right, here's a team that bring back all the bad memories about 21-22. If, if there were that many, obviously City ended the, the league, as we know, as champions. But um, Southampton were one of just four teams to take points of any kind off City last season. And they're back at the Etihad Stadium this weekend looking to spoil City's start to the season. I know what you're going to say, because you say it whenever I ask this question against a, sort of a mid-to-lower t- uh, table team. But do you think there's any worry for City heading into the weekend?
1: Have we played away from home at all this season?
0: <laughs> and the thing is, the game that was postponed was at home as well. So, so uh so there should have been a there should have been another home game in there as well.
1: It's pretty unbelievable. Um I don't I don't know if there's jeopardy in this. I mean, you can look to last year and say that Southampton, you know, those two draws and the game at the Etihad was one of those games where City were totally nullified. One of those rare few games where City mm-hmm. were totally nullified. You know, they, Southampton played the 4-2-2-2, 4 2 And what they did was their furthest two players stopped the out balls to the center backs. And Ederson yeah. had to go somewhat long most of the game. And, and that totally nullified City's attack. Um I just think with Holland City are just a whole new dimension now, and they don't they don't need these games where they can totally control everything and create loads and loads of chances. You know, mm. before Holland it was create four chances to score one. Now it's create four <laughs> chances to score four. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Or, or create three chances to score four, as in, in some cases.
1: Right. I don't. I don't love the idea of just being like looking at a game and being like no jeopardy Holland. But that's kind of what it feels like at the moment. That City are just guaranteed to score goals. And when you look at Southampton this season, you know, sitting in 16th, I think they they've scored 8 goals in 8 games. I mean, you don't really see where the threat is going to come from. They don't have Armando Broja anymore who obviously caused City a ton of problems at the St Mary's last year um you know maybe kyle walker peters you know pops up with another worldie like he did did at the same areas but mm. if i don't i don't love the idea of just being like no it's because of Holland. but that's kind of what it feels like
0: yeah I, I i guess that's the case because you know cheat code and all that is a little bit like that if you need a goal who you going to call and whatnot but there is, there, there has been jeopardy this season. City have not had a hundred percent winning record. Aston Villa was one of those games, and, and it actually feels for me, although the venue is different, and obviously that that sort of uh, aids City quite a bit and, and nullifies a lot of Southampton's threat with a, with an away crowd. Uh, sorry, their home crowd. Uh, City playing in front of a away crowd, obviously, but that was a similar sort of sort of form for the team heading into it Southampton are, are really really struggling they somehow managed to lose that Wolverhampton Wanderers team that is uh, possibly one of the worst watches in Premier League history the the loss to Aston Villa as well who were another team who really struggled and Everton and, Everton, I think, and right. Everton so it's, it's, it's quite the trio isn't it of teams they've managed to lose so it would be sort of in in typical City fashion for them to come to the Etihad and, I don't know, sneak a point. Last, last season, this game, um, I've got the stats here and, and it is sort of making me shiver a little bit thinking that we went through this so often considering what we've had um, so far this season. 65% possession. Eight attempts on goal. Um, sorry, that was in the second half. It was sixteen attempts on goal, actually. Um, blah 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 blah. What we hear: seven block shots, ten free kicks, four offsides, twenty-one throw-ins, goalkeeper saves two. Southampton made twelve fouls. They managed three hundred passes. City managed nearly six hundred. It it sort of it is a different City team, isn't it? But at the same time, until we have a full season of going, yeah, these games, were, uh, you know, City can get past these teams anymore. We'll, I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never
1: know. And when you consider that it's tactically is the, is the way that Southampton has gotten the better of us, not just, you know, City having a bad day out. They they truly have tactically nullified us. Mm-hmm. Then you can maybe think, oh, you know, maybe they've got our number and, and you know, kind of have, have figured out the way to stop the City team. But this City team is, is a new City team. So I... Had this squad not changed whatsoever over the summer, then I would say mm, another one of those games. But I'm going into it supremely confident because it is a new look squad and it feels like a team that's now built to steamroll in games like this.
0: Mm, yeah, and and fast starts, as we've seen so often, are the key really for City, uh, you know, against United, against Bournemouth, plenty of, against Nottingham Forest as well. You know, at home, when City start fast, which they have been doing, it helps. Um, I still think Ralph Hasenhootel's a, a good manager and he will have, have obviously most managers do study, but you know, it, he'll have an idea whether or not it works. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But but one of the 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 um benefits for Southampton, I suppose, heading into it is the news this week that Kyle Walker underwent groin surgery and is actually a doubt for the World Cup. Now, I have for a long time, I've never actually spoken about it on here, um, I'm saying it like I'm coming out with a confession or something like that. But um, I, I, for a long time, support probably isn't the right word, but understood Gareth Southgate as England manager primarily because if Gareth Southgate was a, a better manager, he wouldn't be managing England because international football isn't the place for top quality. Unless you're Germany and Hansi Flick, but that, even that's not going to plan. Um, international management isn't the place for top, upcoming, talented managers. it's just, it just isn't. It's a completely different ballgame. And at the moment, I believe Gareth Southgate's probably the right fit for England because he's a sort of statesman, etc, etc, etc. But for me, one of the only valid flaws of him as England manager is his complete inability to rotate a team. And, and it's actually come to hurt City quite a lot because Kyle Walker just came back from injury before the international break. I, I don't think he played before the international break for City. Um He then... Went on international duty, obviously not fully fit. Played both matches against uh, Italy and Germany. Came back, first game back, what, 40 minutes in or whatever it was. Goes off injured with a groin problem. Now, it could have been a completely different problem. It could have been something that came out of the absolute blue. But in a World Cup year, when he's, what, 31, I want to say, or, you know, getting there, looking after those senior players is key. And now it looks as though Gareth Southgate and City could be without Kyle Walker for the next, what, Two, three months, and and that's a big blow for both parties.
1: It is, and I think he's so he's so vital to the way that City plays, and um, you know, having that pace to kind of guard on the counter attack is crucial, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I've always said that he is one of, if not the most important signing of the Pep era. You know, up until this summer, probably, um, especially given the fact that we came into the season saying. You know, one or two injuries at fullback and we've got a crisis. Well, you know, <laughs> Who defaulted we've got it? one. Who
0: defaulted? Yeah.
1: Um Yeah. We're pretty lucky that we've got probably three, four centerbacks that, that can play and have played fullback before. I mean, John Stones is mm. obviously out injured himself, but, you know, Kanji can play some right back. Nathan Ake, we know, can play left back. Laporte played a lot of left back when he came into the team um, in 2017, or I guess January of 2018. Yeah. Um, so we're lucky there that there's some cover at center back. But again, it's the kind of thing that when you start, you know, when you start putting players out of position to cover for injured players, you're then creating, you know, a lack of depth yeah. in another position, and we just don't really want to start down that path in a World Cup year, in a winter World Cup year. Mm. Um, I think that if his recovery doesn't necessarily go well, not that it not poorly, but if it's if it's a slow recovery, he doesn't really you know, he takes some time to get back up to, to full speed. Maybe he doesn't play the World Cup, or he plays the World Cup, you know, seventy five percent fit because it's the World Cup, and players are going to want to play for their country and and,
0: and it you know if probably he, could be his last one as well. You know, looking at the age yeah. and, and looking at the talent England have in that position.
1: Yep, yeah. um, I would not. Be surprised if City spent big money on a fullback in January, and this I mean, this is the the first domino falling. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I guess we weren't going to go down this rabbit hole, but I guess we're here now. Who
1: but I think does, it I think it opens that up for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. I completely agree. It, it's a problem. We knew it was a problem, but my my question is, who, who is there? Who, like who. On, in the market right now if you're gonna go big money I, and I guess the winter World Cup is going to make the the January transfer window strange it's going to feel like a summer window isn't it that there's going to be a lot of movement because that's what it is after world Cups and and I'm who who am I to say that it, it sort of there won't be an option available and, and it, it won't it will it will feel unusual but right now off the top of my head in terms of coming in and making a a, a good enough impact in the second half of the season I'm not exactly sure it's Possibly the right time to do it. I, I don't know if City wait out to the summer. I don't know, but I'm just just right off the top of my head. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure who it could be.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're putting me on the spot to think of fullbacks around Europe. One that always comes to mind is Pedro Poro.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, do you not think it would have happened by now? Is it not another? Yeah, Angelino that's the sort thing. Of thing Listen, it?
1: I'm. I'm not saying it's necessarily a good idea, but. Yeah. You know this. I'm really worried that this starts to signal the end of Kyle Walker.
0: Yeah, and you want it to be glorified, and- don't you? Really, you don't want him to have that sort of that that Aguero-esque because, because, like you say, he's been he he has every chance of going down as a, a club legend, and that seems hyperbolic. But you know, if City win a Champions League, and he's a key part in that run. he there's every chance that he has that sort of same sort of status, and you don't want it to be a sort of. Agüero last season, where he plays ten games and then suddenly it's over. You want him to have that sort yeah. of dignity in the in the final stages, really.
1: Not only that, he's just so important. And if he goes down long term, that is that is a position you have to replace. There is nobody yeah. on this in this squad that replaces what Kyle Walker does. Cancelo can play there, obviously. Gomez can play a left back. John Stones can play there, and and it's obviously a good defensive player. Nobody can replace what Kyle Walker does. Hmm. Um but then you then that leads you on to the question, well, who outside of this squad can? And I don't really yeah. know the answer to that. We'd have to do no. kind of more extensive research to find that. But um yeah.
0: There's your homework then. There's your homework. Um finally on Southampton, then I guess there's absolutely zero point in guessing who's gonna play centre back because as we've seen so far this season, it could be any one of, well, what now? Four with Laporte back. He got some good minutes. Um, any other, sort of quickly, any other part of the, the, the pitch you think could be changed? Jack Grealish played the full 90 minutes against Copenhagen. Is it going to be Phil Foden coming back in for him? Does Bernardo Silva go wide? Is there any sort of major changes that you can, off the top of your head, predict? Or do you think it's probably just going to be more of the same?
1: I think Grealish plays 90 minutes after 90 minutes.
0: Oh, nice. I, think, pe- I
1: think Pep... I think Pep adores him, truly. I think Pep is obsessed with him the way that you and I are.
0: Who isn't? Do you blame him?
1: No, uh, absolutely not. Um, He's about to become my lock screen on my phone, (laughs) my home screen on my computer. I'm I'm genuinely obsessed with him. Um, But no, I don't really see any changes other than the obvious De Bruyne coming back into the team. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah. that Gundogan playing 90 minutes twice in a row means Rodri is ready to come back in this You'd weekend. Think
0: so. You'd think so, wouldn't you?
1: Um, other than that, I think the back four picks itself in the sense that we only have two fullbacks and I don't care who the centerbacks are. So yeah. whatever the centerback pairing is, I'm happy. And then it'll be Gomez and, and Cancelo, unless maybe Gomez gets a rest and we see three centerbacks in the back four. Mm. Um, either way, I don't think... I don't think anything we'll see will come as a surprise. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh if my if I'm going to if I'm going to make a shout maybe Nathan Akate left back. Um perhaps that adds a bit more defensive stability with Cancelo playing right back, but I guess it, it's one of those games really where where there's probably going to be a little bit of rotation still and we'll just have to wait and see. Right, should we finish on a quiz then? Um, Obviously, we we introduced this last year, year, Jesus, last week, um, a little bit higher and lower. Now, I haven't had the time or the effort to go and make a new quiz, so we're going to stick to the higher or lower. I've got a list of the all-time top scorers in the UEFA Champions League, which obviously, Erling Haaland is rocketing up game by game. I'm going to say a player, and I'm going to give you their goals. I want you to tell me if another player that i name has scored more f- more or fewer goals in the champions league than said player so we'll kick it off with raheem sterling and i'll give you on the back of it gonzalo higuain who has scored more goals in the champions league gonzalo higuain or raheem sterling
1: raheem sterling
0: just about, yeah. Sterling 25, Higuain 24. So we'll stick with Higuain. Who scored more goals in the Champions League? Higuain or Wayne Rooney?
1: Wayne Rooney. Mark.
0: Yeah, Wayne Rooney. That's a little bit more of an easy one, but uh, I'll give you that. Um, Wayne Rooney or Sadio Mane? You're on to two at the moment.
1: Hmm. Wayne Rooney.
0: Wayne Rooney would be correct. Moving on to free. Um Sadio Mane or duh, 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 Luis Figo. Figo. Uh uh-uh. uh
1: Mm. Mane
0: Mane 25, Figo 24. So, managed to get to three there. We'll we'll chuck another round in quickly. I'll move up the table. I'll I'll go for some big hitters. Um, I'll start with Thierry Henry and I'll say to counter that, Edison Cavani. Who scored more goals in the Champions League? Thierry Henry or Edison Cavani? Henry correct by a considerable distance as well about 20 goals in it um edison cavani or andre shevchenko tension palpable uh, that's a rogue shout. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, even know if Cavani played Champions League football until he was about twenty-eight at Napoli. I
1: have this really, really like glorified image of Cavani's PSG career in my head. Yeah, but yeah. I don't, it, I don't think that was the case.
0: No, uh Cavani got thirty-five, Andre Shevchenko got forty-eight. I mean, you forget right. how good Shevchenko was, really. Um right, we'll call it a day there. Um, Adam, it's been fun as usual, lots of nonsense as as, uh, as per usual. Um, like I said, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, the Holy Trinity at City Report Pod, if you're on all three, or if not, just one or the other. Um anything else to add before we bounce out of here?
1: Nope, I will be um, celebrating. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna divulge too much information here, but I'm gonna be celebrating two of three scumbags being removed from my local club over the yeah. last 24 hours. I don't know if you've been following this story uh, A little across bit, the yeah. pond.
0: A little bit, yeah. Maybe we should dive, uh, delve into it a little bit next week if there's a, uh, there's not much going on because it's an important, an important story, isn't it? And uh, yeah, quite, quite the, quite the weekend important. Portland, hasn't it? And uh, yeah, so I wish you all all the best for that one. Um, until then, I've been joined by Adam Booker and I've been Amos Murphy. We'll see you later.